Hello, chaps. Hello, world, and welcome once again to Nightmare Cinema, where we argue about a film for 30 <laughs> hours, what feels like 30 hours. However, after after last week, our, our new kind of format is underway, our slasher season. Um, and judging by the feedback we got, it was quite positive. I think Ooh. we did a... a, a a good thing last last week. So last I feel like we trip. did. I hope we can recapture that this time. Yeah. To be honest, it was it was because of the mention of signs. It whetted people's appetites. It was. It, 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 I, I have to. I have to agree. Uh, maybe we should have a signs special one day. But anyway, maybe. absolutely. Uh, today it's me and I, and we're doing the classic nineteen seventy eight masterwork that is Halloween. And just before we get going, I have to say, um, I have set up a small um, box where every time I say the word iconic, I have to drop money into it. How much are we talking here? Uh, 10p. 10p. I'm still going to spend about £5 million, like so. Right, okay. So, yeah. Okie doke. So, directed by John Carpenter in 1978. Um, you may remember him from such films as Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, Escape from New York, The Fog, and the infamous nightmare cinema, Hot Potato, Prince of Darkness, moving on quickly. Two of those films are really good. Which two? Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York. Yeah, the other one's not so much a hot potato as a hot pile of crap. <laughs> Why don't you like The Thing? No. no. That's brilliant. The other one, the... the, the... Yeah, we, we know Prince of Darkness, we know shit, but... Why don't you like the thing, Sean? It's and not the fog? for me. The thing is not for me. So damn well, we'll be watching that soon, then. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably will. Beaten to death with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to give you a little bit of background, and then not that this film needs background, but um, then you can give us your views. Um, so basically, it's one of the most beloved and famous slasher horrors of all time that made a star out of Jamie Lee Curtis. And an icon out of Michael Myers. Pause for that. Um, yeah, the budget, the independent film, made, had a budget of three hundred thousand uh, pounds dollars. Sorry, and made a made a forty seven million back. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's a budget of one million dollars and a yield of two hundred million today, which still makes it one of the most successful independent productions of all time. Not bad at all. Uh, the original script, known as The Babysitter Murders, thank you, John Carpenter, for changing that, was spread over a much larger series of locations, but due to budget constraints, was scaled down to a couple of houses and streets. Thank you very much, because it works so much better, as we will discuss in a bit. Um, John Carpenter was apparently obsessed with, being, with Michael Myers being completely unique and so out there that no audience could ever relate to him. Don't know if that worked, because... Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, fun fact I found out about this. Christopher Lee turned down the role of Sam Loomis. Dr. Sam Ooh. Loomis was played by Donald Presence and was later quoted as saying it was the biggest mistake he's ever made. I cannot agree more, Christopher. How can you, how can you have a CV like Christopher Lee and go, I, I turned down uh, Dr. Sam Loomis. It's the biggest mistake of my life. I don't, I don't think... I think if... Um, I think... I don't think he'd have done all the sequels. That Donald Pleasance did. Yeah, probably. I think not. he would have done one and maybe two, and then, um, and then probably uh, washed his hands of it. 
I think he's made much worse films than the sequels to this. Like, but I don't, but I, I don't think he would have done it just because he would have been busy doing other things, like making better films. Um, but imagine Christopher Lee is. I mean, it would have worked, but Donald Pleasant owns it, like so. He, he makes up for Prince of Darkness, I imagine, with you, with you, you guys. With that. Um, the story is based on an experience John Carpenter had in college while touring a psychiatric hospital. Uh, he met a child there which looked at him with, and I quote, a look of pure evil that terrified me. They had much better school trips back then because we just went to like some little... <laughs> we just went to some little Tudor town. We went to Chester Zoo. And the, and the monkeys looked town. at me with looks of pure evil. We, um, Hans Christian Andersen, I think, had a very similar experience at, um, I don't know what the, if the technical word for it, correct word is still asylum. Um, I think his, his, his father worked there and some, um, some crazy old woman ran up to the keyhole he was looking through uh, and it scarred him for life. Um, that's probably why we got all these weird little stories. There's mm. a little tidbit for you. That's quite, yeah. that was, that freaked me out hearing that anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, that that really did freak me out. I was imagining that in my head, and it took me to a place I didn't want to go to. He's a bit obsessed with um, asylum-y films, isn't he? Because he made that, I mean, even though it's utter garbage, he made that ward uh, with Amber Heard, didn't he? And I think that was based on an entire trip. Ooh, not sure. It's not very I've... good, and she's in it, so don't bother. But it's it's, it's it dwells on that quite a bit, like... I um, felt very much like I was in my own personal asylum when we were watching Prince of Darkness, if that counts for anything. <laughs> I have no coming back to that. I'm <laughs> never going to apologise because I put cats among pigeons. That's what I do. Um, but anyway, go back back to my fun facts. Um, the stabbing sound effects were made by a knife stabbing a watermelon. I quite like that. I can imagine grown men stabbing watermelons and smiling and laughing and thinking, I'm getting paid for this. I like that. Um, John Carpenter wrote the score himself. More on this later, as we will go into copious amounts of detail with that. Uh, the film was written in two weeks and shot in 20, which for an independent film is, I don't think it's ever going to be done again, to be honest. Um, chronologically as well. Cool. So, yeah, um, those, are, those are your fun facts. Um, for me, if you don't like this film... I don't think you should kind of be here, to be honest. So, <laughs> gentlemen, thoughts? Sean Walken first. Um, this is one of the most iconic horror films of Michael Myers. That mask is probably one of the most iconic images in film and horror history, even though they mess with it in the sequels and have a CGI in H2O. Um, yeah, pure iconic, and I'm going to fill that jar for you, I think. However... In terms of whether this is a slasher film in itself, I'm not convinced. Um, and the reason for that is he doesn't actually slash until near the end of the film. Um, he's really hands-on with the people that he kills. He strangles um, Annie in the car and the other girl with a telephone wire. Um, he does stab that guy through the stomach. Um, I'll give him that. Um, but then that's the only... There's only him and uh, Laurie that he slashes at. What does so, that make? Not to, to For us dunces, 
no, what no, does no. that That's, that, that, make, it, saying, make it not a... I'm not saying that it doesn't make it a slasher film. I'm saying in my oh. opinion, I don't think this is a slasher film. I think it belongs in the slasher genre, but only because of its sequels. If you look at its sequels, they are really heavy with the slash stuff compared to this, where he is more hands-on, it's more creepy, it's not as horrific. Uh, yeah, I think, are you just trying to say because it's, it can't be a slasher film because it's good? No, <laughs> because we've, we, um, we look, we've already looked at a good slasher horror film, haven't we? Yeah, we have, my mistake. In fact, this, um, this uh, there was a bit of sort of overlap there, um, of course, uh, because Drew Barrymore plays a, is she babysitting at the start of Scream? No, she's, on, she's at no, home. She's just home alone, isn't Her she? Her boyfriend's supposed to be coming to meet her to watch a horror film. To watch Halloween, All right, well, I think, actually. Well, yeah, well, edit that bit out then, because I've been saying <laughs> tip. No, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, I sort of, I get what you're saying, but you have that opening sequence with the knife, and that sets it up as a slasher film for me. Mm. Uh, that whole opening sequence, the where he's puts the mask on and his point POV, and um, you just that sets that's that you, you could do anything in between the the. the the opening sequence and the kind of ending that doesn't seem to stop. It just, it's, it's someone once described um, aliens to me, sorry, Sean, as well, as 40 miles of bad road. I think they stole it off one of James Cameron's friends, but that just the end of this film is about 60 miles of bad road because it just, it's just relentless. Mm. And that, that in itself makes it a slasher film for me when, when, she, when he's chasing her. Like 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 a fully certified slasher film for me. So when you say when you say like chasing it and it's going really fast, that that they're not. I wouldn't say not... fast, but it's relentless. It doesn't it doesn't stop. There's no right. let up for her at all. So every time she thinks she's yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. she thinks she's kind of semi safe, mm. she's not, and nothing seems to stop him. And mm. it's that every time she hits him with something. He just keeps coming, and that, and he's got knife, a knife in his hand, and it's, and then it, then it becomes a classic, classic slasher. Mm. Um, I, I think it is all the way through, um, because he's always a threat. Mm. I don't think you have to be slashing, like killing people, to be constituted a slasher film. I think it's just got to have the threat there, and he is just pure unbridled threat. Mm. Um, like you said, you said there when he, he pins that guy Bobby to the wall. Yeah, I don't know if it was a, a nod to that, and I think this is a film you hate. You know the the two thousand and seven, was it the Rob Zombie one? Yes, I hate yeah. it. First, he did, didn't Rob Zombie make a sequel to that as well? He did. But yeah. in that, um, just, the just something that but the sequel was. I turned it off. Oh, I'm sorry, Ghost Mom. I was like, nope, <laughs> this isn't happening. Okay, right, fair enough. Um, no, I just remember him. When he sort of first breaks out or whatever, and he goes to um, goes into the box of that gas station or whatever, and he pins Ken Forey to the wall of the box with a big knife, mm. and um, I just saw a parallel between those two bits: mm. a memory of Ken Forey being stuck to the bog wall with a kitchen knife came rushing out of my thirteen-year-old mind, <laughs> and back to the forefront last night at one a.m. while I was watching this again. <laughs> it's all on YouTube, you know. I watched oh, it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's surprising. I was, I was I was fishing around for somewhere to look at it, and I, I don't, I don't think I've got it on DVD in the flat. 
Mm. Um, and then I just like, oh, YouTube on the off chance. And it's there. So there's no excuse for anyone no, uh, not to watch not. it. Absolutely not. I, I think this is one of those films that if, even if you have like an interest in film, let alone horror film, you have to see it. It's, it's, it's so well made and he so knew what he was doing. I mean, it does help that he, he kind of was paying homage to Psycho all the way through it. Um, and he, I remember, I think I've um, sent you, no, I didn't send you the quote. Um, I was looking for quotes last night and I found one by Roger Ebert. If you don't know, Roger Ebert is the most famous critic there's possibly ever been. And um, it says, um, Halloween is an absolutely merciless thriller, a movie so violent and scary that, yes, I would compare it to Psycho. And I can just imagine John Carpenter pleasuring himself over that wow. statement. When the when when the, the I don't the biggest, want to imagine it. The, the biggest name in film critique critique says compares you to arguably the the genre leader um, by by the master himself. Um, I think he's just sat there and gone job done, mic drop and stuff and and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, I think Robert Eggers would be pleased with himself, John, if he heard the way you <laughs> talked about the witch. <laughs> if, if I heard, um, if I talked about any of my films the way I talk about The Witch, I'm so glad you made us do that again, you know, because I've, I remember watching it the first time and thinking, this is all right and nothing special. And then I watched it again and I just thought, this is absolutely unbelievable. But that's... It's, that's I mean, the same you, with all these films. Would like you I'm, compare this to Psycho? Would you? Um, me, personally, no, not really. No. I can see why he, it's, he's, he's inspired by it because if, if you put a knife in someone's hand, you inspired by psycho in a film you're inspired by psycho but i think I hate the way you said in a film at the end yeah i have yeah you have to do that these days um <laughs> just so we're all on the um, same page but like i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily know I, I he's got for me he's got a couple of nods to it um but it's not it's it's a complete it's a it's a standalone film that he that he all all his own work. Um, Hitchcock can suck it. As far as I'm Don't concerned. talk shit about Hitchcock, mate. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Psycho is is the film, but I I I think this takes what Psycho does and turns it on its head. In what I imagine was one of the most high concept modern films of its time i mean has it has it dated well has it aged well um, i don't think i only think maybe it, i think i'll go back to what i said about scream i think i don't think it's it's dated bad it's just the fact that this helped open the floodgates to so many copycat films which are the poor standard that when people look at these films now they've already seen a thousand poor imitations of it mm. so nothing's new it's a bit like, and I probably said this about a dozen other films, but you know when you sort of people read Shakespeare and go, it's all sort of cliche, and they don't understand that Shakespeare invented the cliche, and that was the original. And it's a bit like films like this, mm. like The Exorcist, that set those those foundations. So I was thinking when it, when it, I I didn't know before you mentioned it, John that he renamed it, but to rename it just Halloween is just like a sort of yeah. A bit of a masterstroke, and I can't believe there wasn't like another film from way back when. There must have been called Halloween. Obviously, this this takes the 
you know, it, this is Halloween and Halloween is this and nothing else in terms of filmmaking forever now. Um, but I was thinking about, because it's, it is so signature, like you get the, the soundtrack, um, the John Carpenter soundtrack and the, and the jumpsuit and the mask. And it's like, it's sort of, it's, it's all points towards this and, 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 you know, it, it's, it's all very totally Halloween and it's all the, the master jumpsuits, the, uh, that sort of, that sort of, um, theme tune, which like films like it follows and stuff with the synth have tried to copy since, um, sort of favorably, but you know, it's all imitation and like, but they're, really do. they're, they're all schemas of Halloween. Mm. Um, and it just yeah. seems ultimately original. But obviously not being around at the time and not being too much of a film historian, I don't know if all the ideas are a million percent original. Genuinely, I would I would like to know because it just seems like all these yeah, elements that, have come together of originality to just yeah, to make this sort think, of masterpiece. I think you've just nailed it there. I don't think the ideas per se are original, but the way that he's put them all together um, is it really is. And the 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 um, the iconic look that um, Michael's got is um, like something that so something so simple but so effective. Um, mm. he's, 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 it, it's like it's like they've taken. The, I, actually, I'm going to come back to that later because I've got a whole bit on that. Um, yeah, I I wanted to talk about the 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 time and the location, Halloween on a sleepy suburban block of streets. Um, does setting it at Halloween change, turn it from a normal slasher film into what we know today? Is that simple, simple little, let's just put it on Halloween idea, does that elevate it above everything else? If you set it in the in a, in a, in a, in a Fourth of July, something like that, do we not have a successful film? Because it's all premised on Halloween when he's committed his first crime when he was a kid, and when he comes home. If you take that setting away from it, does that do we lose the film with that? Does that make sense? Mm. I know what you mean. Well, I think well, yeah. If you lose Halloween, you lose a bit of the film. Um, the title, the title, yeah, obviously, <laughs> namely. The title. Um, but no, you'd lose like the theme, you'd lose um, all the autumnal feel of it, you'd lose all the the stuff that they do, the pumpkins, the reason why they're babysitting. You lose quite a bit of it, to be honest. Yeah, do you know? Do you know? While while I was watching this, I've I've must have seen it about fifty times, mm. but. It didn't occur to me to ask the question: Why is it set at Halloween? Why is he? Why is he? Why is he? Is it purely for, for creepiness or eeriness? And I'm just like, I mean, I ask stupid questions because I don't sleep, and it just pops in there. And I just, I just thought, why has he set it at Halloween? Has he set it there purely for the, the the the, the ick factor? And I was just like, it, but don't get me wrong, it it bloody works. It really does. You've got all these kind of kids and ghoulies running around um you've got the the horror film on the tv when she's babysitting it just elevates all of the tension because it, it's 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 just the creepy time and i, I just think, think go on sorry no go ahead go ahead i think we should and this i can't believe i'm about to say this but 
you know, not give him that much credit for the creativity of it, but give him some credit for looking forward in terms of the marketing of this film. A film called Halloween, which gives you an automatic release period. Um, and who wants to go and see a horror film on Halloween called Halloween? Me. Thanks. I'll be there. Um, mm, just so died it's, inside. It's I know, I know. It's it, it, I know. I get exactly what you mean, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, that that makes absolute sense. Like, and then after that, it was obviously a massive success um, of of like Halloween, um, and then in the next decade, we had an absolute onslaught of horror films that were set around Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's mm. Day, Easter, like all that sort of stuff, like April Fool's Day, um, all of those sort of things because that worked. Because sure. you've got it. <clears throat> are, you, are you about to tell me that Father Christmas doesn't exist now? Yeah. Oh, this is not my day. And the Easter Bunny. Mm, I think, I think, I think um, it's obviously very on the nose to name it Halloween, but the film itself isn't exactly subtle, is it? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm going to have to work today on convincing myself that it's not set at Halloween purely for marketing. It's pretty advertising. Yeah. Uh, Did you know it was filmed in the middle of summer in Southern California and they had to import leaves and uh, paint them, spray them brown? I did not. I knew it was filmed in summer. I didn't know they did went to that extent. Yeah, it's it's filmed in in a in baking hot sun, and all of the characters are wearing these huge jumpers and and seventies coats and stuff. Pretty sure they filmed a lot of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre flicks in uh, California as well. Yeah, but they were set in Texas anyway, weren't they? So they would have got away with the weather. But no, but what, I just, just, I just, this is my weekly shoehorning of Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre. Okay. That's what we watch it. I know we've got, we've been going for like half an hour, half an hour, Johnny, and you haven't mentioned signs once. It's great. <laughs> you did? I think I mentioned it right at the start. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure I got one in at least. Um, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Now it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So that's just killed that dream. Nice one, Sean. Um, Right, I now want to discuss the music because mm. let's face it, it is an icon in itself. This this, this theme <laughs> tune. So, right, he wrote the entire soundtrack in just three days, and that includes the iconic opening sequence, which is up there, possibly top three of most famous themes ever written, ever. Um, he actually toured his musical, because he, he writes the music for all of his all of his films, doesn't he? And let's face it, he's, they're, they're quite famous. Some people have said to me that they enjoy the music more than they enjoy the films. And judging by some early John Carpenter works, Prince of Darkness, um, mm. I kind of understand that. Although I am a big Prince of Darkness fan. Let's not get into that right now. I can see you faming at the mouth to kill me there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, how do you rate him as a musician? We'll take his direct take his directorial hat off and put his musician hat on. How I mean, how is how is take uh, take the Halloween theme out of it because we know we all um, love that. You don't know any other no, themes, do you? I wouldn't or rate him at all then, so because I can't. He sold out, um, I think he sold out the Apollo in Manchester and he sold out venues of the same size. I don't he know if it was just yeah. so fangirls could go and see John Carpenter 
be wheeled on stage and then animated for 15 minutes to play his music and then die again. But um <laughs> if I think he um he came back for the the remake. He did a new rendition. Um he helped the the on set or whatever you want to call it, post production musicians um do the, the new and improved Halloween theme tune for the the 2018 release. Is it actually um, improved or just new? No, it's just it's just it's just that. But Sounds a bit the, I think the I think the da da da's in a slightly different place, and there's more or less of them at certain parts, and less or more of them in other parts. Mm. And someone probably got paid a billion pounds to do it. I. I, that makes me feel a bit sick. Why do they go back? Why do they do this? Why do they want to change it? I fear change. I don't like it, especially with something as oh, yeah. Certainly getting a lesson in um, capitalism today, Anna. You really um, are. Right. Okay. It's magic time. Thank you, Sean, for teaching me how to use technology before as well. What are we going to do for you now, chaps? Christ, have we got jingles? We've got a musical interlude. We have it's the end of days. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight themes here, and I'm going to play you 30 seconds of each of them. Okay. Ooh. Do not give me the answer until I ask. If anyone buzzes in, you will be suspended from the next round. I am the quiz master. You listen to me. What's are they? Are they? Is it just going to be like McDonald's, or is it like no? The hot ones. Okay, right. Okay. Is it? Is it? Is it fast food cinema? Yeah. Other other fast food outlets are available. No, they're not. Right. Here we go. Here's your first one. I hope this works. I hope the technology works. Please work technology and don't make me look like a tit. Even more up. Yes. Johnny, put your day look puzzled. Johnny does I'm, look puzzled. He does. I'm rubbishing. It's, it's alarming. You've got 10 seconds of puzzle left, Johnny. Oh, it is good, this, isn't it? Very good. Very, very good. Okay, chaps. Johnny, I'm going to come to you because for some no, reason... Uh, you've, you've got it now, haven't you? <laughs> No. He hasn't got no. it. Yes, oh, it's going to be sad. I'm, 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 I'm backstory to this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm rubbish at things like this, and the worst of films. And then I thought it might be, and then I thought I saw Sean's reaction that he liked the film, and that wills it down to about three films <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> and I know it's not The Exorcist, so I can't think of the other two. Um, oh, You're going to put him out of his misery, Sean. Candyman? Oh, give me a clue. There's the there's the clue. <sighs> Candyman. Oh, now Johnny hates the world. Uh, no, and I did it, watch it, that like the other the other day, and it was exactly. I'm embarrassed. It was it was it was in my head. It was just. It, do you know what? I actually forgot just how good that one was. That uh, is one of the finest Very pieces excellent of film I've ever seen. I've ever Philip Glass. Okay. Is it? Uh, what? Is it Philip Glass that does the score for? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't find the thing. I think it is. Um, but yeah, here's your next one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm.
Right. I think I've thrown the uh... That felt really short. But no, we have not... to, it has to be for copyright reasons. <laughs> yeah, I can only play 30 seconds without getting sued by everyone. I've not got a clue what that is, although it feels familiar. It should do. I don't know if you actually like it. I don't know if it's in the three horror films that you like. <laughs> Johnny is looking clue. even more puzzled. C- clue. Um, it was remade with that f- uh, Hollywood brat, whatever her name is, Chloe Moretz. Paddy. Oh, Carrie. Well done. Well done. Oh, can't stand that girl. Um, <laughs> sorry, that, that, that just fell out. Right. One game um, this one. This one should be fairly easy, boys. I'm not going to lie. That um, just adds pressure. If you, if you're not going to get this, then maybe we should. Oh, be it, will it be Halloween? Oh, you're a prick, <laughs> you. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be easy. That's the new one, I think. It is. That's the new is version. It? Yeah. It's got that. Yeah, they put dubstep in it. Blood. Yeah, yeah. It said on the thing when I downloaded it, it wasn't. No, it is. Oh, it says it right there in massive letters. Yeah, that's enough of that one, then. Yeah. Is that Halloween 2018, John? <laughs> yes, it is, yes. Right, I've just got to set this next one up because it's... Uh... Ooh. Right, Ooh. where am I? I've never done anything that's needed so much fucking... This is a bit of a curveball, this. I'm not sure if you two even like this film, but... I'm... I know Sean does the answers now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's your next one. That's actually better. Sounds like the theme tunes of Casualty. (laughs) (laughs) That's not for me. That one. What film's that off? It will be something I don't like. Which is better than the film. Oh right, yeah. I do like that. I really do like that. Saw's an okay film itself. The first one. The first one is okay, but the rest of them are poo. Okay, here is some bread and butter for you because come on, same applies again. Oh yeah. Johnny, please tell me you know what this is. I know this one, yeah. Oh, good. What is it then? <laughs> what is it, Johnny? It's the Exorcist. Good lad. God for that. Got that I in mean, 17 seconds then. Um, I mean, okay. we both knew it after two seconds. Even I knew that yeah. after like two seconds. You've got three more coming up. There's your next one. Oh, no, that's not it. Hang on a second. Oh. I know. <laughs> so do I I think I don't but got an idea what is it is it the omen I thought so as well well done you got that in 11 seconds then that's very good it was the voices my, my, my literally my first thought is oh is this the exorcist and went oh no it's the other god one <laughs> <laughs> the other god one because <laughs> we've literally just said the exorcist for the other one okay two more 
John's already got it. And jizzed in his pants. The, the comparison of looks from you two is very interesting. John is glee, John is glum. Johnny is glum, sorry. Is this off the remake though, John? I've no, this one definitely is. isn't. I don't think it is. That's, That's not the original not. one. Definitely not the original one, I'm telling you. Why Why did they make them so similar then? It's and not then that similar. If you listen, if you listen to the YouTube original one, it's done. very different. Very, very different, but it's a nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, it is. And your last one, where did I want, I want this from? Yes, okay. Oh, I'm so good at this game. Johnny, should we get this one? I know this one, but it's, I don't know it. And then it, it, dub, it doubles up. Uh-huh. I do know it. I, I just can't tell you. Brookside. Is it The Shining? It is. Yeah. Sean, you actually know your horror films, horror music. <laughs> Considering you hate them all, it's, um, that's quite interesting. I don't. I mean, instantly, I do not like The Shining. It's not a very good film, but, though. Oh, God, we were doing so well as well. Does that not emphasise? I mean, we know scores are important in films, but does it not emphasise just how important the score is to have a really successful, really memorable horror film, uh, even if I mistake quite a lot of them for the remakes. Yeah, but that's definitely. not the point. It's, it's, it's like a signature thing, isn't it? That is like written all over every single one of the films. And I think if they missed that important bit out, those few little notes of any one of the sequels or remakes or whatever that 2018 abortion is with Jamie Lee Curtis, then um, <laughs> the fans would be livid because it's part of what they've come to expect of their experience. <laughs> okay, Josh? <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you for that, mate. And abortion doesn't even count as a swear, so he can say it as many times as he wants. <laughs> this is my life, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is what I have to deal with on a daily Christ basis. Alive. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, some of those pieces of music there, I... They're actually really moving. When you, when you think about the films that they go with, um, most of them, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're good films, but they're not profound. They're not life-changing. We're not watching bloody Schindler's List. We're watching a teenagers get fucked up, like. But some, especially the, the Candyman one, I genuinely, I remember I, when I was doing this, I found myself putting that on repeat. It's just Ooh, so... It's gorgeous. It's so atmospheric and it works mm. so well. And the same can be said of 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 the Halloween score. It's not as moving as that one, but it's definitely just one second. Oh, I can't do the sound effect anymore. So, ching, I am iconic, um, and it, and it and it works. If anyone says that, what what's the top three film scores? I guarantee. The Exorcist and Halloween will be in it. You can take your pick from any of the others, but Exorcist and Halloween will be in there every time. For the director to come and do and, and record a score that is as iconic, Ching, as 
the film is is I, I don't I don't think it's ever going to happen again unless no because John Carpenter's lost it now. Sorry, John, but you have. Um, oh. It it it's it harks back to the days when when the kind of director did everything, and it it it's just to me it's I mean I get so I'm getting excited just thinking about it. It's such an amazing thing. It really is <sighs> calm, but yeah, I do I I do like that um, Candyman one though. I yeah. really do. I'm going to listen to it's that amazing. again in a minute. It's amazing. Are we doing yeah. that soon? It's your turn next, so it's your it's your go, isn't it? It's your. All right, your we'll, we'll, do, we'll do we'll do Candyman. Slight spoiler alert there. Sorry, because I right, watched it recently. And thought it, thought thought yeah. it were dead good. I thought it were really really good. Really, right, really good. After that musical interlude, which gave me profound joy, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I wanted to discuss the man himself. I wanted to discuss Michael. Oh yeah. Uh, my first question is: How does he compare to cinema's greatest monsters? Or Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I should have just played all of the songs because we're going to get sued for many different reasons other than them. But anyway, Michael Myers. Yes. I love the fact that he is known, I don't know if it's in the, in the sequels or whatnot, um, just as The Shape. Mm. I think that um, is is brilliant. And there's a, a really, really good heavy destructive slipknot song of the same name which i think um is an ode to uh, michael myers himself mm. um obviously michael myers is in this michael myers not the spy what who shagged me song's that? um there's one um yeah, there's one on iowa called the shape is that about michael myers i'm guessing so i mean the it is a band full of people who wear jumpsuits and masks. So I reckon they probably take just a little bit of influence My kind of um, from this film. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. I know. You completely put him off. Uh. I'm sorry, Johnny. Um, no, no, it's, it's all right. I, just, I love the whole, the whole, before we sort of talk about his personality, it was like going before, that's what makes the, the thing, the whole thing as well as the music um, and obviously his characterization. That's what makes the whole thing so seminal and, and seems so original. It's the um, and I love the way as well. You, you get his sort of POV. It's a really immersive sort of medium. I think I was reading. I've not seen it. They did it on a film called Black Christmas as well. Came mm-hmm. out a few years before it, but um, yeah. And then, you, but not only that, you hear like the breathing inside the mask. Um, awesome. And I just wish. Yeah, I just wish that I was. Um, sort of around at that time to sort of experience it the same the same way as people would have done in the cinema at that time being in that like we discussed before being around halloween being in that sort of vibe you know when you sort of you're up for a scary film um there's a certain mood to it and just seeing sort of that character the shape as he was known literally just um when he's hiding behind the bush or when he's going past in the car um and as well, the, the fact that he named in the shape just takes away from his humanity as well. I mean, we'll get on to stuff like that, I'm sure, but it, it makes it it makes his humanity almost like sort of uncanny valley. It makes it just extremely questionable. It's like what you're dealing with here because the, mm-hmm. the mask as well just, just takes away from that that whole thing. He he just becomes, you know, so unrelatable, even though you know that he's he's human. Um, which I think was really, 
really brilliantly done. I can only imagine the effect it would have had in, in 1978 as a sort of original piece and how it would have been taken then as opposed to sort of as opposed to now and since I've grown up and yeah. seen it. I I I think the entire design of him, the entire setup of him, I think everything from top to bottom was absolutely perfect. So simple, so well done. So this this unstoppable, um, faceless, um, strong as an ox, killing machine. Um, that it's it, you can compare it in a way to to the Terminator, can't you? It's 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 the same unstoppable force coming at you um with with like very a very plain kind of appearance the the the, the mask and the overalls i don't know if the, why what the reason was i have no no doubt that if you ask them today they, they'll say oh yeah we meant that we designed that but i think they did it for budget I just, probably just just to make him creepy as fuck yeah. i mean i i, I, I genuinely but if anyone asks them today they'll go oh yeah we designed it we spent ages doing it it's all our I own think- way I think there's certainly something. Um, he's sort of he, he he's a product of you know many things, but he's a product of suburbia, which is you know this sort of um, safe haven, a safe space, isn't it? You know, nothing bad ever happens in in suburbia. It's sort of like fairly well-off families, two point four kids, that whole thing. He's a product of this, and that I think ties in for me with the fact that he's got the mask and the jumpsuit without, and you know, and they, obviously it's not his jumpsuit, it's the mechanics, but it's nameless. He's faceless, that he is sort of no one, but he can be anyone as well. You know, it's like evil can just, you know, he, it's not a certain type or a certain whatever. Um, it's just, it, it can be it can be anyone and I suppose no one at the same time, which is sort of what makes it quite so unsettling. When when I when I was in uni, we were, we were talking about him and I was, I, I said, he, he, he strikes me as this, this creation who just hates um, the, the 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 mundane, happy existence of suburbia, as you've just said, and that's that's where all of this hatred comes from. That's why he's come home to just to destroy where he came from and destroy the lives of the people around him. And uh, yeah, it's is he, I I don't know what makes this this guy so iconic because he is a ching. Because he is an an absolute monster, but he's beloved. He really is loved. It's it's so weird. It's like this 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 guy is he's a he's a he's a wrecking ball into these let's face it innocent girls' lives. But I know people who root for him. I know people who are cheering. They're a bit weird, but they're cheering. And he's it's 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 like. Do you know what's just popped into my head? Do you know in Fight Club when he batters mm. Jared Leto and he says, "I wanted to destroy something beautiful." That's what's just yeah. popped into my head, and that's what that's what I think this guy is. Um, I have asked the question: Is he even a monster, though? Because at the end of the day, especially with today's new slant on mental health, he's not well, is he? He's not a well lad. Well, we don't. Well, just just touch. Can we ever empathise with him because of no, that? No, I don't think you ever empathise with Michael Myers um, at all. Ever. That's the short well, I think what you... is, there, is, 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 is locking him away forever, though, the answer? I'm pretty sure there's someone out there who's going to go, no, we need help. 
I'm, especially, I mean, today, well, back in the day, it was it? very black and white. That this, yeah, you could only provide help to someone who you who can interact with, though, and that's the thing that Loomis says. He was like, he had the devil's eyes. He was never communicative well, in he, any single way. Was he? So he spent the first seven years trying to help him, and then after that, yeah. the next amount of years trying to just keep him logged up. Yeah. And what you touched on before, John's interested. You say he's become like. Um, people root for him um, and people love him but it's like when um, the sort of the Ted Bundy effect and like I mean even you know like ladies sent naked Polaroids to Richard Ramirez who's probably you know the biggest nutbag um, probably most comparable to someone like Mike Myers um, again Michael Myers the murderer not Michael Myers the Austin Powers um, which was very confusing for me growing up in the 90s with both those films sort of in widely in pop culture there's a lot of misunderstanding surrounding that um, for a little while. I would like um, to have seen one of those misunderstandings. I imagine that, it would have been quite hilarious. That's that's the thing, though. It's like when you say, can he be helped or, or whatever? And obviously, Loomis makes it clear that he can't. Um, but it's, you know, whether he is evil, what do we what do we call evil? I mean, is he just... If he's if he's obviously born um, born that way, which the film, the law, would, would lead us to believe that he is... I know the law fluctuates sort of maybe in the sequels. I've not seen, I've seen a few of them, but between whether he is, you know, this paranormal evil or whether he's just a man, it goes maybe back and forth on a couple of them. Um, but, you know, if he, if he is, if he's just designed to kill, I've seen him uh, compared to, to uh, the shark from Jaws uh, mm. before. If he's just designed to kill, if that's what he does, is he evil? He's just doing, you know, we don't stay like, um, you know, what do you call it? Do we lines are evil because they kill some of their cubs and stuff like that? Uh, it's not directly comparable, but it's just like you know, if, can you be sort of categorized as evil um, if that's what your brain's telling you to do and that's all you're doing? Like John mentioned before, he's is he a product of the hatred of, of those lives that he's seen around suburbia? Does he hate them or is he just doing the only thing that he knows how to do? Is he just killing because that's what he does and and it's it's our it's our as the you know, not, not just in sort of a film like this, but um, in terms of, you know, in, in real life, when we see murders and stuff, we categorize them as as evil, but relative to the real world. And, you know, if you th- to think about the brain as a, as a an extremely high-developed biological machine, then there is no such thing as, as good and evil. It's only what we, we decide to paint people and actions and, and things as. So um, I'm not sure he meant to go into this much detail when he when he wrote the film called Halloween about a man with a big knife, but um, that's where we are 40 odd years yeah, on. The, um, so the, I do think it's that, an interesting that, point. That there is exactly my point. It's like it's when it, when it was written and when it was made, it it was so black and white. It was just this guy is a psycho based on another film called Psycho. Um, but the, the same has been said of um, of. Anthony Perkins and Psycho, they, they always go back and kind of um, synthetically analyze them. And and I've heard people talk about it before. Is Michael Myers actually evil or is he just mentally ill? Uh, the answer is both. So mm. let's just clear that up now. Um, right, <laughs> I need to move on because we're going to, we're running out of time. Um, I just want to discuss very, very quickly um, Sam Loomis who is uh, Donald Pleasance's character, should have been played by Christopher Lilly, uh, as we discussed before. <clears throat> um, I, I, I underestimated his importance in this film because 
just just when you need that little bit of kind of exposition, he'll pop up and he'll do it in a classic Donald Pleasance way. Donald Pleasance could come down in the morning and say, good morning, and you'd go, oh, that's a bit creepy because he's just that that type of dude. He really, well, he really was. Um, Cracking, cracking actor, a brilliant actor, but but a very eerie and very creepy man. And I think he delivers his kind of exposition expertly. Um, you mentioned Vogler, Vogler the other day, Sean, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I actually went back um, and I don't know, I couldn't, I was trying to find what his archetype name was. Um, I thought it was Gatekeeper, but I don't know what it is. I, I couldn't actually no, find it because I didn't have enough time. It's not it's Gatekeeper, it's um, oh, Guardian or something. God, is it Guardian of the... Uh, Threshold keep, Guardian or something. Keeper of the Keys. Hey. Something like that, though, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. but yeah, I do know what you're getting at. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 I drastically, massively underestimated his importance to this film, um, which is silly because he is such an important part. And he does, do, does he actually become em- embroiled in the the slasher side of it? Because he, 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 mental, he gets is it mental? And that's the momento. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but he actually becomes em- embroiled in the, the kind of final chase, and he becomes just as vulnerable as everyone else. Um, something which we will go back to in a in a bit. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that that's more of a kind of um, what's the, like like mad props to Sam Loomis because he's amazing. Like uh, so, right. I've been waiting for this because we're going to give you a few minutes to rant about this as well, Sean. Uh, the now king, uh, Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, which basically launched their career and, mm-hmm. well, really launched their career. Um, cast in tribute to Hitchcock because she's the daughter of Janet Lee. Everywhere I saw her, she was cast in tribute to Hitchcock because she was the daughter of Janet Lee. She wasn't cast in tribute to Janet Lee because she was the daughter of Janet Lee. It was always cast in tribute to Hitchcock, which I think is a bit shit. But anyway, that's just how it goes when you work for a big sexist egghead. All of you, well, not all of you. Uh, but yeah. So, what do we think of Laurie? Okay, I'll start. Oh, so, I thought you might. Uh, Laurie as a character is really interesting because I know we're going to come on to Final Girls a little bit later, but in terms of Final Girls, she is very, very different because she doesn't know who this person is. She doesn't even know this guy's name, whereas a lot of other Final Girls, by the time they get to that standoff, they completely understand who this person is, what they want, what their names are, and sometimes what their face actually looks like. Laurie has got none of that. Um, I mean, she sees a glimpse of his face at one point, doesn't she? But she doesn't know who he is. I think even to the at the very end of the film where he's shot and his body goes missing, she still doesn't know who it is that has been after her, which I think is brilliant. And she still defeats him despite having that information. Um, so anyway, that's Laurie. I think she's a really good final girl, um, really strong. She... Stabbed him in the neck with a knitting needle and a wire coat hanger. I mean, fantastic. Although she hid in a closet, which a little bit stupid. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, however. Oh, God. Is a you may want to get comfortable. It's a different story. Set, set. Have you just laid down, Johnny? You actually are I, because, comfortable. I, because, 
This yeah, could take some time. Charlie is literally brief. lying on the bed. I've been keep, promising this for ages. I will keep this brief. Um, no, go, go for it. So, I've got problems with Jamie Lee Curtis because... So, she's in the sequel. She's in Halloween 2. Okay. And they reshot some scenes to put into, uh, like, a re-release or a television release of Halloween so that the sequel would make sense. So... Originally, yep, not supposed to be Michael Myers' sister at all. By the time they come to the the sequel, they wanted to include some scenes from that they'd shot into the original film, slot them in that would make it be his be after his sister all along. And if you look at it, if you look at the film without those scenes anyway, there is always something ticking on about his family. Um, he takes the headstone from the grave and puts it on the bed where he kills one of the girls. Why, if it's not about his family? There is something there all along. Um, anyway, so Jamie Lee Curtis does the sequel. She does a smashing job, even though it feels like there's a really low budget in that film. And Michael Myers' original mask was supposed to have peroxide white hair, which is error, error. And in one of the scenes, you can actually see it. Anyway, um, Jamie Lee Curtis then is not involved with any of the other sequels. She doesn't get involved in any of the horror conventions at all so she doesn't really engage with horror horror fans um throughout most of her career she comes back 20 years later and does h2o phenomenal film and one of the best entries in the series since the original i think it's amazing an amazing film and she she her character in that is fantastic and she does an amazing performance then she does some really questionable things, like comes back for Halloween on Buster Rhymes and is killed at the very beginning. Apparently killed. That's the, that's the best installation because of Buster Rhymes. Is it? Is it? Um, or she's apparently dead at the very beginning of the film. He throws her off the roof or whatever happens. Absolutely disgusting after what she did in H2O. However, then we get to Halloween... 2018 but we're just going to pretend that none of the sequels happened including the sequels that you were in jamie lee is that okay yeah guys that's absolutely fine let's go for it no absolutely fucking not who the fuck do you think you are people have invested so much time and so much love and so much energy into those sequels, not just making them and creating them, but being a part of it in terms of the fandom. I haven't finished, Johnny, so don't pipe in yet. Think of Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Think of Buster Rhymes' feelings. Fuck Buster Rhymes. Carry on. Just um, go, I know you would. So much time and so much energy. Who the fuck do you think you are to come along and say, we're going to wipe them out? We're going to just wipe them out? And Jamie Lee, do you remember H2O that you loved? Fuck that shit. We're just going to trample all over it. And this isn't about Michael Myers' family, but every single fucking scene, as my mate Eddie pointed out, is about her fucking family anyway. Ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I'm livid with her. I absolutely despise Jamie Lee Curtis right now. I feel this because they did the same thing with Terminator, didn't they? And they still got it wrong. It's like, you, you can't... You can't hack away at something that is so beloved and you can't 
ch- it, who do you think you are is a brilliant is is a brilliant question because it's it's not hers. It doesn't belong to her anymore. It belongs to the fans now, and you have to do what's right by them. And she, can I just I go back know. to the fans really, really quickly? Because the the point where I really just started to dislike Jamie Lee Curtis was I watched the documentary on the four K. Halloween 2018 thing. And after being absolutely horrified by the film, I watched this documentary where Jamie Lee, who was never engaged with the horror fans, is going on these horror conventions, trying to raise money for the charities that she's interested in by selling Halloween props and memorabilia. And I just think again, who the fuck are you? Like, you're basically abusing fans to get money for these charities that you're interested in. You've never been interested in that before. And she came across as really rude. She was speaking to one of the guys that played Michael Myers. And she just goes to him, name. Not, hi, who are you? What's your name? Which one were you in? Name. I thought, fucking bitch. Don't even fucking dare. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think you fucking are? I was livid. I still am. I'm shaking. To the core. So, Jamie Lee, if you're listening, I'm gonna tag who the her fuck in. are you? I'm going to tag her in. When we release this episode, I'm going to tag her in on um, Instagram. And you know what? The amount of the amount of I, I genuinely worried about playing those those pieces of music. I really shouldn't have bothered because Jamie Lee Curtis is going to sue us instead. Okay, as Let well out. as Harvey Weinstein. Let and there's there's two there's we'll two more sequels to come. Yeah. There's two more sequels to come. There is. Um, and oh, there's a there's I've a trailer I've not watched it yet called Halloween Kills. I've seen it. And there's a there's a I've, good. No, obviously not. But you know how bad. Is that it. the one where the house is on fire and the, the... at the end of the first so, one and it picks up straight away? So it's the same night. I, you know what? I fear of reprisals, but we're not in the same room, don't, so don't it feels it. all right. Don't I, say I, it. I Johnny, just, I wouldn't Johnny, don't say, I won't it. say them. I feel like I'm I on the bit. He is. I feel I, like I'm I, on I, won't won't say them. I, I have, I have got to admit, Sean, you, you do look a bit animated. I won't. I won't say it then. You were going to say. You speaking of. You need a hop. No, I wasn't. I was, I was going to say I didn't hate it, which is not the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Sean, Sean's okay. just been sick in his mouth. <laughs> okay. Right. So if you look at it as a standalone, sorry, I'm going to have to say this. If you look at it as a standalone <laughs> film, and it's, I, 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 I mean, I really tried to do this to separate. That the, the first one and this one from everything else that comes, but I can't because of how much I love those sequels. And in terms of horror sequels, they are so consistent, except for one where they introduce this mark of the bloody whatever. Um, and you've got that fellow rocking around in cowboy boots and stuff. The rest of the series is really consistent, except for that one. And then I tried to separate this film from all of that and I couldn't. And every opportunity... I could to pick it apart. I was. And that like little red riding hood undercurrent that they had all the way through. Like, who calls their nan grandmother? Who's got grandmother in their phone? Nobody. Nobody calls their nan grandmother except for this fucking wench from this new Haddonfield that they've created. Which, this fucking which film town is this now? of lies. The new one. <laughs> The new one. I was so And lost. it was all Little Red I'm... Riding Hoods where she's running through the woods to try and get to grandmother's house. Yeah. Oh, that was, I was just on. about to say that. Fucking knobhead. And that new therapist who's got his fucking <laughs> slick pen knife. Oh, fuck off. What is it? Fucking Inspector Gadget. Fuck off. 
So now you're a rule about we have to swear less. I'm so sorry. Um, I know. I know. And I'm just <laughs> fucked, fucked, fucked all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish you had think... all the way through Halloween 2018, but... <laughs> do, you, do you think um, that there, because there have been so many sequels, some of them crap, um, that it sort of diluted the impact that Michael Myers as a character has? I don't... His fear factor... I think I it has with the character. Of, I think the character yeah. is still relevant. Like I don't think a lot of the sequels are crap, and for for horror film sequels, that's rare for me to think because the other iconic ones, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, they like were just mm. properly diluted. Where this was, we've got a fella in a mask who goes around killing babysitters, and that's our thing, and that's what we're going to stick with. And it was consistent. They didn't go into camp. They didn't go into like heavy humor. Um, it was a consistent series, and I liked it. My rant is over. I feel like I can breathe. Should we lighten it up? Should we lighten it up with some um, with some <laughs> trivia? Yeah, go for it. Okay, everyone knows. You must know. You must obviously. You do know about the uh, the origins of the mask. You were William Shatner's face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just what? just what? What? How did you not know that, John? The Michael Myers mask was. It's a William Shatner Captain Kirk mask. Which yes, they painted, they painted white. white. Yeah. No, I did not know that. That is. Oh my god! Right you up. can properly tell when you look at it, though, can't you? I can now. You said that. Yeah. yeah. It looks like so William Shatner does now. The film for me now. <laughs> William Shatner. Um, or William. Do you know how many actors portrayed Little Michael? Was it just the one? No. In the original film. I want to say. Oh, oh, I, sorry. No, in the in the well, both in the original film and overall, actually, as a bonus. Oh. In the I original say film, four. I'd say one. In overall, I wouldn't know. Original film, it was three. Three? I know, I'm pretty sure. What? I think I think one guy um, did it and then two others did it to, to do either reshoots or something like that. I'm not oh, entirely... Oh, yeah, because he, he filmed more, didn't he, after the, after the fact? It was not called. entirely sure. Apparently, it's been 13 overall, but someone... Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong on, when, they, when they listen to this. Um... Obviously, Michael we went the thirteenth. You know where Mike, Mike Myers comes <laughs> oh, yeah. from? The the name, and it, yeah. once again, not the gold member. Um, it was the head of um, production company um, called Miracle Films. Oh. Um, now dissolved, I think dissolved in seventy seven. Um, which I think he did some earlier work with uh, Carpenter. Release it was, it was sort of a it was sort of a tribute um, to him. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And, um, you know when um, is it is it Annie, uh, friend, one of her friends mentions the air uh, that they're gonna the other one that's babysitting, um, Blinda. Blinda mentions the um, the trilogy of um, the trilogy of horror films, Doctor Dementia's, mm. um, that they're gonna watch. It doesn't actually expand much on it, but uh, the films actually uh, were Fred Wilcox's Forbidden Planet. Um, the thing from another world, and then in fact, the Romero film *Night of the Living Dead*. Um, all three films were favourites from Carpenter's childhood. And mm. he went on to remake *The Thing from Another World*, didn't he? Did he? Did he? That's that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. That the thing. From edit, the edit, again, edit my idiocy out. Yeah. The the another film you're always going on about. The, One of the films <laughs> you're going on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to to kind of end well bring to an end by discussing the mask and that 
preposterous and baffling fact that you've just said that. I had no idea that was William Shatner's face. <laughs> so Does many that... illusions of this film are getting popped with this. I'm going to have to stop doing this before we get to Terminator because you're just going to destroy it for me. But I've, I, I, I yeah. Um, masks and horror films, they've become a bit, well, they, they're a bit legendary now, aren't they? You've got like, uh, you've got this guy, you've got um, Jason, who, let's not dwell on that, like, because why would you? Um, ghost face, leather face, uh, the pig face from Shaw. Shaw? So, <laughs> yeah, and, <sure. laughs> yeah it, the, 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 the masks become the the calling card of these films in some some degrees, especially Scream, and especially Leatherface, and and, and Jason as well. That's, they they become the identity. I know that's what they're trying to do, but they become the identity of these of these killers, and that you know that when you see these faces, that bad things are going to happen. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's brilliant. I I think there should be there should be more, but it should be done in in a, in a kind of modern way now. The way that um, Scream does it with the ghost face, I think that's I just think that's genius. I've discussed before just how much I think what I think of Scream. I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. I really do, and I think it's ching iconic um, in many 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 ways. I think this. I mean, I, I'm I'm still struggling with this William Shatner thing because the illusion is well and truly gone now. But why why did he put? I know it's to conceal identity first and foremost. But why did he put these people in these masks? Why these masks? Well, can I just say what I think is brilliant about Halloween is it's it's it takes on another dimension because it's it's not to do with concealing the identity like. Mike Myers, people know who he is. The doctor knows who he is. It doesn't make a lick of difference. He doesn't give a monkeys, does he? If, if people know who he is, yeah, he just puts it on, and it just just is so creepy. And 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 I'm not even sure I realise why that he puts it on. Yeah, um, it, just it's just it's because it it makes them kind of. Um, it's the same reason, and I know we touched on it before, but it's the same reason that Slipknot wore masks. They were very, very self-conscious, and I'm not saying these lads here are self-conscious. I'm not saying Mike Myers had a, a problem with his acne and he had to wear a mask. Can we stop calling them Mike Myers? Because that's horrible. I said... <laughs> his name's Michael. Okay. Thanks. Sean's very defensive over this one today. I am. I love him. All right. The, the reason... I think one of the reasons that Slipknot wore the mask is obviously it's because it's it's a persona for them yeah, to go and do that, those those things that's on stage. What I mean. it, 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 it shields them in a way. And Corey Taylor once said, uh, "You put the mask on, you can do anything. You can just, you can, you can just mm. you're in another another kind of existence." But, and I think that's the same with this. But I think they they become these kind of masks. There's a scene in in Halloween towards the end. Sorry, I keep interrupting, but no. Uh, there's a scene in Halloween at the end. Now, when she rips the mask off, yeah, and he's just and he, and he and he's like ah 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 ah, and he panics, and then he puts it back on, and his cold demeanor comes back again. It's very and, interesting that. And I, <laughs> I I I I didn't notice until the other well 
before when I was watching it, and I was like, hang on a minute, he, he, this this mask is not his mask; it's his face. It's his it's Ooh. his whole. It's the only like glimpse of his identity and his true self we get because it's like it's not like he needs. He, it's you know, I can't imagine he needs to put on and take on a persona yeah, it was to do those, he, well, those heinous acts. He wore a mask. He wore a mask to kill his sister at the start. So there's he definitely did, yeah. something about covering his face. There's definitely yeah. something about not being him. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the way he kind of. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Michael Myers panicked because I don't think he could. But he just seemed. Ooh, 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 need me mask. Me, he actually stops what he's doing to get the mask. It might just be because. He's just, I mean, and I don't know if we get an insight into this. I hope we don't in like sequels or, or whatever, because sometimes these things are best left uh, unsaid. So it, it allows us to fill in the gaps. Um, but he's, you know, maybe he's just so full of sort of self-loathing at the person that he believes himself to be at the age of six when he killed his sister. The, that's, like the, that. that's the only way that he can function from now on and carry out because without a mask or whatever, then he's, he's nothing. He's not capable of doing these things. I think that's explored more in Rob Zombie's Halloween than it is in any of the sequels, to be honest with you. Um, in Rob Zombie's, he, it's, it's like about him completely disliking himself. And when he's in the institution, he's creating masks to wear out of like paper. So it's like, and he's like coloring mm. them in and they're really evil and dark. And that is like definitely built into that film. With a picture of William scary. Shatner in front of him copying his tonal uh, <laughs> highlights and stuff. Thanks for that, whoever told me that. Thanks, Johnny. You've really ruined that film. I thought everyone else in the world knew that, apart from you. Well, I, I could have lived to be yeah. a million and enjoyed never knowing, to be honest. You know what I also picked on, sorry, I know we're pushed for time, just like, because I've watched it about five or six times, but what I'd never picked up on before, and obviously when we go to watch these films again, you pick up on different things, you try and look at them from different angles. It was almost like Michael Myers, during the first half of the film, is like a physical manifestation of guilt. For me, because it's it's got that sort of the Hitchcockian sort of build up of, of dread, um, where there's something you know if, if you've got a guilt or something in your life that's making you anxious and it's always in the back of your mind and you can't really get away from it. It's like when when Michael Myers, sorry Sean, appears in um, he's he's you know around the hedgerow or he's in the doorway or he's in the car, he just keeps popping up and sort of every time you've forgotten him and thought he's gone away, there he is back again to haunt you from afar mm. and it's not quite within touching distance but it, that was something that and obviously again it probably wasn't intended but and it's probably just to be a you know a, oh there's a boogeyman sort of creepy thing know, though, but Johnny because you're probably onto something there because every time he makes a move it's when the kids are doing something that they probably should feel guilty about except for Laurie Godlover who's well there was this this whole thing that i read um about you know michael myers and and the the principle of what someone described psychosexual fury which is an excellent name for a band or you know anything um was it is michael myers driven by sort of that psychosexual fury and uh, you know was the film trying to say anything about casual sex and teenagers and stuff like that and, and to what effect but in Carpenter said it's it's not about the morality of of casual sex or anything um because he said he even said Laurie is the most sort of repressed and you know then he went on to say that well when she's attacking him she's killing him with a knife you know it's almost like a a phallic phallic symbol um and I also read something else saying that his his sister was maybe Michael Myers when he killed his sister age six it was like she was more interested in you know sexual contact being with a boyfriend than she was 
looking after him. And that's why maybe um, he's got this this hatred, as John said before, about these types of teens in suburbia. But yeah. I, none of that's ever been, yeah, none of that's ever been really confirmed. But I thought that was, obviously people will watch these films and then, you know, shoot it and go and see things like I just did with the guilt and, um, you know, so it, it's that, that, I suppose that's the beauty of the film that you can cast your own spectrum on it. Yeah, I think you're definitely right there, John. And for me, I think that, Johnny, sorry, I think there is definitely some element of that psychosexual stuff, which I think should definitely be the name for John's top drawer in his dressing table. Good idea. <laughs> Knew it. Probably carved in and fucking with a pen. The next one down is called William Shatner's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a lock on it. So what, I mean, I still can't, get my head out of why he got up. Yeah. But also why he was so obsessed with his sister. Um she did have really good boobs. Oh God. To the extent where he had to take her gravestone from from the cemetery and then put it on the bed of someone that he just murdered. That doesn't really I don't get it. I think it's sort of like maybe an attempt at pop psychology Mm. from like John Carpenter and the writers. Like, oh yeah, that's something that Nutter would do. Because he's got to, you know, he's got to kill his, he's got to come back and kill again and then it all means something when when maybe it doesn't or maybe the the psychological makeup of Michael Myers as produced or scripted or written wasn't fully fleshed out properly. Mm. Um, and maybe it was just like sort of a caricature of that's like something that a madman with a knife would do who previously killed his sister, let's throw it in. Or there, there could be a deeper meaning, but you know. Um I think it's I think it's left up to up to up to up to you, isn't it? Mm. I think it's a uh, for moments like this where you can talk about it. I don't I don't think you get this from films anymore. I don't think you get this open-ended sort of you fill in the blanks sort of thing you you paint your own picture this 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 film does ex- exactly enough for you to show you that this fella is a loony um evil and for some reason hates young girls baby might be me which is incidentally what his sister yeah. was doing at the time i remember in um in school when i was about 12 somebody came up to me and said i look like michael myers and i swear to god i felt my wang grow it was like, that is the best compliment I've ever had. Is that just because you're pale? Because I look like William Shatner. <laughs> Apparently. No, it was when he took off the mask, they said I look like him. and Which which is actually kind of an insult, insult because he's really unattractive. He's not, he's just got one bad eye. He has now, yeah. I haven't got any bad eyes, how can I look like him then? Right. Your your uh, final girl poll, which is oh, yeah. actually a really good thing. I, I like that it a is. lot. Um, I I want to put. Obviously, it's it. Laurie has got to go into it, but my question for you is: Does Sam Lumis go into it as well? So, um, this is the thing, though. So, I'm not sure, and I personally, I would say no to this, only because I, I do get he survived the film. All along, he's in the know. Do you know what I mean? And that, to me, is not... If you look at all yeah. of the other final girls that we put through, including Dewey Riley, none of them are in the know. They don't know what is going on. They don't know who this person is. He knew. And yes, he brought it to the police, but other than standing out the Michael Myers house for most of the night, he didn't do much. 
except for the very, very yeah, end, obviously. That's, that's just put that to bed in quite a very professional, swift fashion. Oh. So, yeah. The, I, I, if, 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 if Laurie Stroh goes into this final girl poll, which she will, is she going to be top? Yes. Personally, yeah, I think she is. She yeah. did like Even the job you... of the three people, what three people, three or four people talk to do in Scream. Yeah. I'll be there were two murderers in Scream, so you know, do the maths. Is is there I can't a, a more fi- famous and teaching iconic final girl yes. than Laurie Strode? Yeah. Not Jamie Lee Curtis. No, there not... there is. And I'm not we'll save it until we get to that film. Oh, confidence. So um, on on the actual poll, where 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 would she come? I say I would say first at the moment, definitely. Yeah, I would as well. I would as well. Definitely. We'll have to uh, print off a picture of that. Well, post a picture of that final girl poll because okay. uh, I really really like that. I think that's brilliant. Do you um, agree with that? Johnny? Yes, we should print off a picture of that and the picture of. No, I mean, do you believe? I was going to say <laughs> of, of, of Jamie Lee Curtis on the actual poll as she does in True Lies. Oh, shit. oh, I think it was oh, a banister. And do like you, that. do you get splinters off it? It was a bed yeah. yeah. Take off your clothes. Water from a bath. Undress her slowly. So, do you believe <laughs> that she should be first, though? I'm just thinking, okay. you know. Yes, I do. Um, she's an OG. And also, um, she's an OG. She is an OG. <laughs> the, 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 the shape, the entity that is Michael Myers is like, you know. Scream was a good film, but the killers in that were, you know, little little bitches compared to Michael Michael Michael. Michael so you know, um, yeah. And the other five girls in Scream, one of them had a gun. Although to be fair, like Doctor Loomis comes in and like, I mean, she might have been toast without him coming in to save the day. So mm. we will never know. Okay, so do you want to remind her of where everybody is? Yes. Okay, so in our final girl leaderboard, in fourth place is Deputy Dewey Riley from Scream. In third place is Gail Weathers. In second is Sydney Prescott from Scream also. And in first place is Laurie Strode from Halloween. And it doesn't make the cut as Dr. Sam Loomis, which is a bit of a balance. I mean, I don't think he makes the cut, but what do you think? Personally, I, I don't uh, no, think No, you're is. right. You, were, you, 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 were, you did actually explain it very well then, and I had absolutely no argument for it, even though I really wanted to. Um, but I, you can't argue with that because he kind of... He's not chased down by him, is he? He puts himself there. So, yeah, you are right, prick. Uh, okay. Uh, do we really need to do a vote on this? Yeah, we have to. We have to. It's tradition. If, if it's... I'll go first. It's It's... As the sun, as night follows day, it's nightmare cinema. That's all you need to say. It's just, it's cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. It's iconic in every, almost every way, every respect. Apart from the later lives of Jamie Lee Curtis, which we've illustrated, she hasn't covered herself in glory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 seminal. It's just seminal. And it'll live forever. Just really like Michael. Was. Just <laughs> unlike Mike, who his career is dead, I think. Oh, yeah, it's um, nightmare cinema. 
Oh, okay, that was short. It it it, <laughs> it, it really is that simple. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's I get that completely. It really is that simple. Yeah, absolutely agree. Nightmare Cinema, one of the best. <clears throat> it's it's basically like oh, we're doing uh, Halloween today. Uh, that that that's it. That's how we've managed to talk this long about it. <laughs> is and should we give a teaser for next week? Yes. Next week we will be doing um one of my favorite Christina Aguilera songs. And uh but not the favorite and we'll leave it at that. What is your favorite Christina Aguilera song? Fighter always. <laughs> okay. What about you, even John? a question? What's your, what's your... Hang on a minute. What's just <laughs> John, what's your favorite Christina Aguilera uh, song? Um I don't know if I have one. She was always a rival to Britney, wasn't she? Not anymore. No, no disrespect, but there's no rivalry there. Like, Christina shits all over Britney, and I love Britney Spears. I mean, Christina Aguilera can can sing, for one. I mean, that's a good start when you're you're a professional singer. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, no, I've just got it. No, I get it, yeah. What? Okay. Oh. (laughs) No, I've just got the Christina Aguilera reference. It's okay now. Sorry, it's okay. been a long day. So, Bye, everyone. <laughs> yep. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. See you next week. Ta-ra. Same back time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.